oh my God, the block is back. I thought I kicked it. What the f- And we are back for another part train. I'm one of your co-hosts, Evan Singer. We've got my partner in crime, Matt Cermak here. What's going on, my man? Welcome aboard. How we doing, Ev? You ready to do a little chipping away today or what? We're back. We're going to chip away. Guys, in case you're new, our mission on the part train is to help frustrated golfers enjoy the ride again on and off the course. And we believe that if you can learn to smile through bad golf, you can smile through anything. We interview PJ Tour pros, best-selling authors, CEOs, mental coaches, everyday golfers like you and me, and more to make the hardest game in the world feel easy, help you get out of your own way, shoot lower scores, and finally enjoy the ride. Uh, Before we get to this episode, we need to talk about the season. What season are we in, sir? Polo season. It's polo season, guys. It's summer. You know what you got to do? You got to get yourself a fresh couple polos. Sir, Mm. I wanted to ask you this. Uh, Our friends at Roback Performance Apparel, which is our favorite, it's all we wear. I'm wearing a long sleeve performance tee as we speak. I think you have a vest on. Vest Um, and shirt. Vest and and, polo. And polo. Uh, when you get polos from other brands, I feel like you wear them like five to eight times and they really start wearing out. You know, they look a little old. The collar gives away. Roback seems to get better with every wash. Oh, and here's the other thing, Ev. Like to me, Roback, wear my, I wear them on the course all the time, but I wear them kind of when I'm running errands, going out, doing stuff. I don't do that with Peter Millar or Travis Matthew. They're not quite that everyday versatile shirt. So, I mean, it, get some polos, folks. It's polo season. You know, if, if you need some new ones from Rollback, they got tons of cool styles. But, Ev, are they not flying off the shelves? They're well, always restocking. Yeah, that's what you guys got to do. <laughs> we, you might think we're just saying it to sell you. Like, literally, Matt and I have to make sure we get the stuff we like as soon as it comes out because it sells out almost immediately. So here's yeah. what you got to do. We're not just going to give you the best polos in the game. We're going to give you 15% off your first order. So hit the link in our show notes. And also it's always linked in our Instagram and Twitter at the par train. So if you're not sure where to go, always check out our social accounts there and tap in the link in the bio and you can get yourself 15% off directly from that link. No promo code needed. Get yourself some fresh polos for the summer, guys. I mean, you're playing enough golf. You're sweating through them. Get yourself something that can stand up to the, the sweat. So for people that are new, we've got a lot of new people coming in, listening to our show. Thank you guys for hopping aboard. For those people that don't know what the chipping aways are, essentially we pick a topic and it's just Serm and I, and we dive deep on it and it's unscripted and it's one of our favorite uh, formats with the listeners. And I thought, you know, this week, I think it was time for reflection, Serm, each one of us in our games, I think one of the best parts about this show is we are constantly reflecting and learning on our game so that we can come back and share it with the community. We've been hearing a lot of feedback from listeners, from friends, as well as in our own games. And I thought it was a good time to sit down, reflect on what we've learned and what people are learning and share those with our listeners. Yeah, I mean, we've gotten some great feedback from a lot of our current listeners and a lot of new listeners. So I think we should showcase some pretty powerful messages we've uh, we've received what do you think yeah nice tee up sir so i got uh we've been averaging probably i would say five to ten messages a day from new people 
that tells the story about breaking 80 for the first time, shooting their best score since listening to the show. And I want to read this one that I got late last night that really touched us. This is from Pooja8185 on Instagram. She said, I followed you for a while, but I've never, I had never heard the podcasts in parentheses. I'm not a huge podcast person, but you recently started posting people whose, whose rounds got better because of listening. So I started listening. I'm a 21 handicap and I've broken 90 once a few months ago and shot an 89. I started a couple weeks ago and had a club round that I had a, the net low score, but I shot a 93 and felt like I didn't really let implosion holes bother me or break me as much. This weekend was our club championship. Heard of it? I had a nine on the first hole yesterday, a par four, five over on the first hole. Before your podcast, that would have ruined the whole round for me, but I've been trying to stay positive and just keep playing. I shot a 91 and had the low net score out of everyone yesterday. So just pause and reflect. She shot a nine, but her mindset helped her shoot two strokes difference and still won the low net of that used to be like one of her best rounds. And she did that with a nine simply because of changing her mindset. So back to the message. I went in today trying to keep it cool and figure I had already won money yesterday. I was able to keep my head and shot an 89 today for the second time ever. I won the net low championship cup and some money. Then she says, but the biggest win was coming back from that nine and not letting it ruin my entire round. Thanks for helping me with my mental game. Wow. Pretty cool, Ev. Yeah. So let's reflect on that for a second, Sarm. She clearly is playing in something, you know, a club championship that means something. So what's a, it's very common early in a round that means a lot to you to be really tight. For sure. Really fearful, really tentative. And that got the best of her and she got a nine. But then what did she do? The podcast helped remind her that she doesn't suddenly like suck at golf. She didn't suddenly lose her swing. She got caught up in the wrong things. Yep. And she, it's a game of resets, right? She reset and ended up shooting a low round to her. And it's amazing. She ended up shooting almost, she almost beat her best score after a nine in the first hole and one low net. So, well, yeah, playing the, playing the best golf of her life. One hole, obviously, you know, quote unquote, set her back, but look what she, then look what she did. Yeah. It just goes back to, I think Jack Nicholas was quoted one time saying, you know, if I have a bad first hole, I say to myself, I've got 17 more holes, 17 more chances to have great holes. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I think that's the lesson. That's the greatest player ever next to Tiger. And um, you can't let one hole define you, right? Yeah. <laughs> you can't. It's so easy to do. We all do it. But to do it, at, uh, for Pooja to do this in tournament play and to, and to totally just, you know, let it go on that second tee box, it's really cool. And it's really cool that, you know, you know, she's doing such amazing things with her game. But like you said, Ev, this is what we do on the show. We try to figure out what real, real-time experiences and learn from each other and what works. And, you know, getting rid of that stress helps even after that terrible first hole. Yeah. And I think what's, been so gratifying and eye-opening to me is a lot of people are starting to see the mental game differently, right? It's not just being out there telling yourself positive things. It's realizing that you have a good game inside you 
we just need to remove some layers and let that swing come out, right? Even if you're a 25 handicap, you know, thinking about four things to do in your backswing is not going to let you hit the golf ball well. It's just not, right? And we talked to Mike Johnson, Tour Pro, last week about this. He's removing layers. What did you hear about from Jordan Spieth during his, his struggles? He talked about he got too technical. He's going back to basics. Everyone goes back to basics. So I think the takeaway for me and one of our purposes, I think, is to help people not have to go through the worst golf of their life to get back to basics. Let's help them clear stuff out now and play the best of their best golf of their life now without having to do anything to their swing. Ev, I was you know, talking about some of our listeners and you know, a lot of our friends. You know, my buddy, Joey Bamarito, I was playing squash with this morning. I got the best of them. It actually wasn't even close, but we've played a lot of golf together. And he came up to me this morning and goes, Matt, I listened to the mental game mailbag. And he goes, did you do that episode because of me? Because of my driver? <laughs> you know, it's like being in purgatory with my driver. And Joey's a really good player. I mean, we, he sh- we've played together. He shot 84 at Harborside. And for the listeners, Harborside's a great, challenging golf course in the south side of Chicago. He shot you know, 88 at, um, Cog Hill ravines, really good golf course. But when he goes to the Muni courses to play nine holes, he struggles. He can't get over the fact that he's not shooting good scores at quote unquote, easy golf courses. Mm. And have you play a lot of Muni's too. You play a lot of, like you have, you, you do both, right? You play those nine hole yeah. Muni's and then you play, you know, we'll say, you know, tournament or championship courses. And he goes, man, I'm hitting driver first couple holes i'm like joey you hit it plenty long you don't need driver on the first two holes at six o'clock in the morning when you didn't warm up (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know what i mean you don't even know who you are right so what he's gonna do he's playing tomorrow at sydney maravitz this nine hole course along the lake which is a great little course i said dude just hit a hybrid first hole hit a hybrid on the second hole see who you are today Mm -hmm. like how many eagles have you made on the par fives this year second hole is par five he goes, I've not made one on a par five this year. I said, there you go. You, you can find ways to make birdie, you know, sometimes with a three-shot hole. So, you know, the mental game mailbag, right? That's real guys and, and women calling in to talk about their game, Ev. And, and Joey and I, I think we had, you know, good laughs and learnings this morning and, and clear the expectations. Yeah. Just because it's, it's quote, unquote, you're making an easy course hard because you're trying to overpower it and you think you should be shooting a certain score. Well, absolutely. Last thing, forget it. Forget about score. Have a plan. Find a way to play easy golf. What do you think? I love it. And remember, Serm, we've had, you know, Scott Langley, PJ Tour Pro on the show a couple years ago. And he told us one of the best lessons he learned was from Matt Kuchar. Matt Kuchar has earned as much money on the PJ Tour as really anyone in the last 10 years. Um, And one of the most consistent players. And even him. A guy that never seems to miss it more than a three-yard cut. Matt Kuchar would hit to the middle of everything the first three holes. Middle of greens, middle of fairways, just to see where his game was at that day, right? Again, it's it's a way to play with a little humility and a little curiosity to say, what's my tendency today? How's my body feeling? And that energy is much more free than an energy of, oh, I hope I got it today. I hope I don't mess up today. That's tense energy. Or, the other energy is free energy. Or the, on top of that, Ev, or I've got, I, I, if I don't have a birdie in the first five holes at this easy golf course, well, I'm, you know, let, let's say for an amateur, 
or, or for a pro, if I don't have four birdies in the first five holes, well, then I'm screwed. Right. And that's not the right attitude. Right. Because right? then you, you're, if you do make a mistake, then you compound that mistake mentally by thinking you're not performing to your abilities or expectations. So, yeah. and it's not just the attitude, right? You got to ask yourself, does that help me shoot birdies? It doesn't, it does the opposite. Right. So then right. you, you reset, just like but, we yeah. always say. My buddy, Joey was a single, he was a single digit at one point. He's just trying to get back, back there. But a lot of it is just have some options off the tee. You know, there's a lot of ways to make par. You know, and mm -hmm. birdies will be sprinkled in. So that so that was great. And then what about our boy Pevnik? We've had him on a round table before, one of our mutual good friends. Tell us about uh what he was telling you, what he learned from the show well, recently, what he what change he made. Here's another guy who's a single digit. Well, he's about a nine, eight, nine handicap, but he's been shooting 83, 84 every round, you know, hitting eleven greens, a couple birdies, but three, four doubles. So right, two holes around or stopping him from shooting the seventies. And he went out and shot 77 last week and breakthrough round. And he said, I've got my driver back, but I'm not trying to overpower the driver. I'm mm. just trying to put in the fairway um, and sacrificing a little bit of yards. And it's like, boy, 270 straight compared to 290 <laughs> wayward mm -hmm. <laughs> 77 to 80, 82. It's, yeah. What do you think? I mean, you, you know his game. You guys are actually similar, very similar abilities and got, you know, and are, go, and are trending in the right direction because, you, should talk, you know, you should talk about your round as well. Yeah. So I think it's really important. I, I don't want people to get confused and say, I got my driver back. And they say, well, of course he broke 80. He was hitting the driver better. No, that's not actually true. It wasn't just that he was hitting his driver better. It was, he had a conscious plan, right? Yeah. He set an intention. Most people are very reactive. They hope they have it that day, but they don't have a plan of a focus for the day. Brandon had a focus and said, you know what? I don't need to try and kill my driver. That's probably why they're going wayward, right? Not great tempo. It's trying to overswing. That's not his authentic swing. So he got back to basics too. And he had a focus of let's just swing easy and let's just try and keep the ball in play. And not try and do too much, right? And that's a check on the ego a little bit. Um, nobody wants to hit it shorter, but he committed to something and it worked, right? So that's yeah. what I love about this stuff is he just made one tweak, something he had been struggling to do for weeks, maybe months. And he finally did it because he actually took a step back and got intentional about what he's trying to do. And then he executed well, it. Totally. And he played at Mount Prospect Golf Club, which is a, a, a good course, a shorter course. So, you know, so again, you don't need a driver. He had the recognition. Back to Joey for a second. Joey's going to go play the shorter golf course tomorrow. And he's going to recognize that there's different ways to play this course. I don't need driver, right? He's going to ride the par train. So, uh, but again, it's not like you said, Ev, it's not a new swing key. It's just be more strategic. And like you said, be more intentional. I've been learning a lot in my own game. I've said many times in this show, I even was playing golf swing out there. I thought I had a great mental game, but really I didn't realize that where my mental game was falling short was I was thinking too much about my swing. And that's part of the mental game too. Mm. And so I, I removed layers. I got back to basics. I focused on one or two things. And then I focused on course management and staying calm and breathing and um, realizing that 
you know, I'm trying to guide the ball too much and I'm, I'm fearing the bad outcomes more than I'm trying to focus on the good ones. So, um, last three rounds in the seventies, 76, 77, 77. Wow. And haven't done that in a while. And so I love this because I'm, anyone can relate to me. Uh, I can tell you, you know, I've been a player that has gone on runs like this and then I shoot 90 and 88s and 85s and it feels like you're playing a different game, right? And so one thing I've realized that I think will help a lot of people, I think bad shots tell us things and they also tell us nothing. I think they can equally mean something as, as much as they mean nothing. <laughs> so let me unpack that for a sec. On shots, especially around the greens and like, I think if you chunk a, a chip, let's say, reflect it, what was the information, right? Like, did you play the wrong shot for the lie? Or did you decelerate? There's so many things that you can unpack about like parts of your game that you need to work on. So like I learned one day that my chipping motion, I was playing the same chipping motion around every lie and I need to get better with lies that are a little bit buried, right? I was leaving it a little heavy. The toe was catching. And so that's something that I then took to practice and I worked on, right? But other times we try and learn something or we think that there's something to learn. And really the only learning is that we were tentative. We weren't focusing on our keys or we got caught up in the moment and it's a fluke, Mm. right? I don't think we, so it's a tough balance, right? You want to learn from your mistakes, but sometimes we put too much stock in the mistakes and then it internalizes and we think that we're bad or we've suddenly lost our game because of it. So perfect example, sir. Yesterday, I was telling you this a little off air, uh, hole eight at Westridge in, in LA. It's a fun layout. Um, hole eight, I hit one of the best drives I've hit in probably a year. Just perfect baby draw super long, just felt incredible, right? Um, I could flip over a car. I was so jacked up after I hit that. What drive. a feeling. What it's a feeling. The best. So then I go to hole nine and I'm feeling good. I'm feeling confident because, you know, I just focused on being real light and, and breathed and Love good that. tempo on the last drive. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to take this on this hole. And I forgot about my keys. I forgot about my, my transition key is I feel like I'm turning a double play wow. uh, that helps me kind of use my body and get a little bit more shallow. Um, and I think this is a really interesting lesson. I think sometimes when you start hitting the ball, good, it's easy to get lazy with your routine and just go up and hit it. And I lost my key that the, the key that helped me hit a good drive in the last hole. And guess what I did, sir? I hit two blocks. OB off the tee. And that was my miss, right? And so think about what would happen with the automatic thoughts that pop up from your ego. Oh my God, the block is back. I thought I kicked it. What the fuck? Like you get all those. It's over. (laughs) Right. It's over. (laughs) Right. That's my automatic thought. But then I had the realization that, you know what? I don't need to put pressure on myself that I'm never going to hit a big block again. Louis Oosthuizen, who has the best, one of the best swings on tour, sometimes hits a big block. Everyone will do it at some point. For sure. Right? I'm a human. So first of all, I don't need to like think that I'm fixed or that I have an issue or that some big plague is back in my swing. Right? And so I accepted that that it's it's an occasional tendency. And why did it come up? I didn't focus on my keys. So that was a mental recognition 
of, okay, now I know what I'm going to do on the next swing. I'm going to recommit to my, my keys. Right. And so I reset. Sure. I was upset that I made triple bogey, but I didn't put stock in it. I treated it as a fluke. And I knew that I'm going to get back into a rhythm and I'm going to have chances to make good shots later in the round. And guess what happened? I shot one under through the next, the back nine. And I wasn't trying to shoot one under. I wasn't trying to get it back. I simply accepted the front nine for what it was. I think I shot seven over on the front and I finished six over on the day by just refocusing on my keys and allowing everything to happen. And you hear this all the time. Yep. Well, it's a, it's a great story. You didn't let one hole define you. And then I love what you just said. You're like, I didn't think about, Oh, I, I got to birdie the next hole, or, you know, I got, I got to get it back or, or I got to get in a rhythm or flow. You just said, I'm just going to think about my thought of the day, go through my routine and add them up. And you go and you went red on the back nine. Yeah. It's pretty incredible. Yeah. That's, I mean, what a huge breakthrough. It's funny when you have to make a big number like that to have such a, such learning and clarity, mm-hmm. but because boy, man, I've, I've been there mid round and I'm, mid round, I'm playing well. And then I block one OB or hit one dead left and I'm screwed. <laughs> like, yeah. you, know, you, you just kind of, you just, you didn't let it define you. And then you, and you got caught up back in your process, not in score, not in outcomes, not in big meanings. Right. Mm-hmm. And you know, what's also interesting term that I saw coming up for me is I made a couple mental errors on the front nine. You know, I was, I've been feeling really confident with my wedges and I had a back flag Mm. and I thought to myself, all right, well, I'm going to punch this and caught it a little too good. Probably wasn't thinking about my yardage disparity. And I put it long on a hill on a back flag when I had the whole green in front of me. And you know, what's easy to think when you have those moments, I'm better than this. I'm not supposed to make mental errors. I talk about the mental game every week. I shouldn't be doing this. Right. But I think it's again, similar to the driver mistake that doesn't define me. I made a mistake. You know, I, that was a moment where I I wasn't as focused Yeah, or I simply chose the wrong shot. You know, you, you chose the wrong shot. You learn from it, right? Yeah. I, I mean, we've talked about the back pen a lot on this show, right? Yeah. You, it's hard, especially like you said, when you're starting to groove, starting to feel your swing, you can't miss it long. Well, that's, <laughs> I think feet, that's 20 something. feet up the hill is, you know, maybe a birdie. We'll get out of there with our par. Even yeah. with short iron, it's frustrating. That's discipline, right? Well, here's the thing that's really important that I forgot in that moment is think about and this is something that's really valuable to practice when you go to the range, think about your yardage disparity with a club. So like if you pure your wedge, like really pure, you put it back in your stance, you deloft it a little bit and you just hit a perfect punch wedge. How far does that go? And how far does it go when you miss hit it a little bit? Because then maybe I wouldn't have hit that punch wedge knowing that if I catch this too good, I might Mm -hmm. go in the one spot I don't want to be. So maybe I'll hit the punch, you know, 56 instead, and I'll leave myself 12 feet below the hole. Now, some people might scoff at that and be like, you have a wedge, try and stick it. Yeah. But, but, but what, what's the data on PGA tour about from 110 yards and in, was it 
like nine feet or yeah. 10 feet's the average? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. stick it? <laughs> yeah. 12 feet. No, <laughs> but all this insanity goes through your head in these moments, yeah. right? <laughs> well, that's what's funny. We talk a lot about breaking out of bad play. There's actually a lot to learn too when you're playing well. Right. You know, the focus is just as important when you're playing well as, you know, when you're not. So, sure. uh, yeah, I want to, I mean, I want to hear about the shootout. Yeah. Serm, people need to hear about this. Serm, <laughs> oh, to give God. people context, guys, Serm was not happy, called me, texted me. He, quote, blew it. And um, this is a great moment to unpack it and All figure right. out why. We'll get some closure here, okay, <laughs> as, I, as I talk through this. So for some context, played in a scramble at Ridgemore Country Club, which is, of course, I grew up at. Frank Harmon had me out and we had a great day, was, but you know, like a fun scramble, a lot of partying, you know, the Shannon Rovers, the bagpipes were out there, very jovial move, but mm -hmm. there's money to be won and a score to be shot in a scramble. And I hit it great all day. First swing of the day, first swing of the day, I hit it to nine inches on the par three, number eight. So after the round, I was part of the big four. I was one of the closest to the pins on each of the par threes. So the 18th hole at Ridgemore is a par three as well. And everybody's crowded around the uh, 19th hole. So the winners of the closest two, we all went back to the tee box to play the hole again. And we get there, Ev, and I'd hit a six iron, you know, an hour ago. And then the wind was a little, little more up. And I'm sitting on a tee box, not figuring out what club to hit. Six, five, six, five, six, five, going back. And I, and I was over the ball, backed off, switched from a six to a five. And the one thought I had all day, and I hit it great in the scramble, I just hit it great, was making a big turn into my right side going back. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, really loading into my right side. As I'm screwing around with what club to hit, I had no sight of what I actually wanted to do. And what did I do? I smother hooked it. Well, smother pulled it um, <laughs> over the bunker and uh, had this brutal flop shot. One guy hits it on the green. The other guy's. Actually, two guys sit on the green. One guy uh, hits in the water, and uh, I make bogey, and they three putt, so we all made bogey. Um, but I have, you know, in my head, I'm like, I'm better than these. I'm obviously better than these guys. And then we went into a longest putt to decide it. We didn't do a play the hole again, and I lost. Well, hold on, like a before you, or two. Before you say that term, <laughs> just real all quick. compounded. Let's reflect. Your scratch. The next best player in the shootout was what a six. Yeah. And then there was a couple high handicappers. Yeah, a couple older guys. Yeah. And is it handicapped or no? No, it was just okay. straight up, okay. straight up gross. So just like your buddy Joey, when he's playing in easy munis, there is now an elevated expectation and tension from I should be doing X. Right. So now you it, all the pressure, at least in your mind's on you because you're a scratch player. You got this in the bag. Right. Right. And you got away from what was helping you play well all day which was your well, your key your turn yeah and like i in my head i was so worried about the what club did trying to hit this perfect shot when really it's a hundred you know 75 yard par three up the hill the green is sloped so back to front the pins in the back a good shot is 30 feet under mm -hmm. the hole and I, but i'm not even thinking about i lost sight of what because you're you know, a great putter because People i need to know you're that's the best and, part of your game and you make par if somebody would have made par would have won the shootout we all made bogey you yeah. know, but I put myself in a place where it was an almost impossible flop shot. And I actually hit a great shot, but it was 
eight feet off the green pin high than I made bogey. But yeah, I've like so consumed with trying to hit a perfect shot. Maybe it's because of the stage or I'm supposed to, you know, make it happen. And I didn't, you know, and uh, so it was a very, uh, but boy, a lot of learnings, right? Whoa. Because I, I picked the wrong club, but I didn't commit to it. Mm-hmm. Remember, it's better to commit to the wrong shot than not commit to the right mm-hmm. shot, you yeah. know, or not commit at all. So, yeah. I, I think it's totally human to romanticize the big stage and hit the, sh- the shot to two feet. I think it's easy right. knowing that you've been hitting it great all day. Yep. Sir, you actually just reiterated what I experienced with my wedges and my good drive. I got so confident that I got away what was helping me get confident. I was getting away from my key that helped me hit great shots. Right. right. And so you got away from your process a little bit. Yeah. And I was um, searching for the perfect feel in the moment, as opposed to just committing to like, you know, a big target, you know, a conservative target. That's yeah. a big target. Right. And like, that's the funny thing about all this stuff, sir, is like, I want to say this in a different way. Stick to your key, stick to your process, be in the moment, all that, those cliches. But it's kind of like when Dr. Joe Parent was on the show and he says, your job isn't to make the putt. Your job is to get it started. And then you ask someone, can you roll that ball two inches over your uh, two inches in front of you on your mark? Mm. And they go, well, yeah, well, do that. If you're in a big moment, what would have happened if you said, all I got to do is make a big turn. Right. I got to make a big turn (laughs) and I'm going to know you can do that. You've been doing it all day. Right. Right. Your job is not to hit it close. Your job is not to make par. Your job is to make a big turn. Right. Because that's going to lead to that stuff. But so getting back, I think that's a huge learning when the pressure's on for everyone. Right. And when the pressure's on, you know, like, you know, tension can overtake your body. And that thought I actually that was working for me is the thought you should have regardless, because it's very often where you you, you don't make the turn and you try to control with your hands and your arms. Feldo talks about that a lot, you know. So <laughs> it was something else, but so I went and played on Sunday at Glenview club, which is where they just had the Western amateur and I was playing my own ball. We had a really nice foursome out there and I played that course two summers ago and there's two tee shots on that golf course that I remember I don't like, and I remember I did not play well. I shot 79 and it was the first hole, one of the tee shots. And what did I do? I got up there thinking about, I don't like this tee shot. And I hit it like a low hook, 230 yards. <laughs> and then on the fourth hole, that blind tee shot, with a three wood off the tee, same one I hate. What did I do? I grounded it. I didn't even make it to the fairway. And I'm you know, playing with people I've never played with before. They'd heard about me, you know, whatever. Like, oh, you played in college, all that stuff. And you know what I did have? I took a page out of your book. I don't usually do this. I made a joke about how bad the shot was. <laughs> I go, well, at least I got to pass the ladies' tee box, right? <laughs> and I said, maybe my next shot's going to be my best shot. And what did I do? I made par. Mm-hmm. And then I said to myself, Ev, what were you thinking about in the scramble? Where's the scramble mindset? Why, wh- why can't you just start ripping it? Why can't you just make the big turn and start ripping it? And after that, I was two over after six, and I shot 71, one under. Yeah. <laughs> so a little humor. But again, I was, I was not thinking about that big turn on one and four. I was thinking about how I hate these shots, these T-shirts. Yeah, yeah. which then <laughs> leads to getting all tight. And getting away from what you're trying to do, right? Yeah. You, just like we said on Instagram this past week, like you went to what something means instead of what you're trying to do. Totally. Yeah. So, um, it's wild. Man. And that's what's so it's interesting. 
Sarm, that's what's so interesting is just like I said with my block that it's never truly gone. And that might be disconcerting for someone. I actually think it gives me freedom. Like same thing with the mental game. Like you've been playing since four years old. Right. Your scratch player played in college. And I mean, you're in your high school hall of fame. Hall of Famer. Right. But I'm, nobody's ever heard of me. Right. But yeah, I, I, I grew up and I was able to <laughs> I could play. Yeah, yeah, but you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah, the, right. uh, I've been doing it for a long time. So I've been decent. doing it for a long yeah. time and yeah. you still had a moment. So I guess what I'm saying is there's there's no obviously you've heard this. It's not a game of perfect and Bob Rotella book and everything. But I think the point that really sums it up is. We all make mistakes and it's not a game of constantly doing it well, doing it perfectly, doing it right. It's the game of how quickly can you get back to basics? How quickly can you use everything as information without self-judgment and get back to what you're doing right. and execute? How Have quickly I, can you reset? Well, yes. And I love That's the, the game. And I love that you've really been hammering on resets. And I'll go back to one more thing about that round, the Glenview on my own ball. That first hole, I hit that terrible drive, right? Low left. It's a 450 par four. And I'm like 235 out. I can get to the green, but I got a bad lie in the rough. Part of me was, I'm embarrassed about the first tee shot, but I'm like, wow, I could probably get a hybrid on this. But I said, this is not a great lie. Just bogey's fine. Bogey's fine. So I pulled out a five iron and just hacked it out of there. And then knocked it on. I actually had a six footer and I missed the putt, but I was okay with bogey on the first one. I thought that was a great learning and a great moment for me because I could have just pulled out, try to make birdie, and end up making yeah. double or triple. Well, <laughs> I was saying to myself, there's 17 more holes after this. You hate the first tee shot. You, you screwed up with your, your, you were a mental midget up there. Let's make this a little easier now. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. do you think? <laughs> yeah. I love that. I mean, I'm, it's probably, I, I maybe wouldn't call yourself a mental midget, but no, you just know. in the moment, no, just, <laughs> do, just, just in that one swing. Yeah, yeah, moment, yeah. Right. Like I, yeah. I was thinking about the night before and it got to me still. Like I couldn't yeah. figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know what that makes me think of, Sarm? Uh, yesterday I'm on this par five. It's, it's actually one of the most fun holes in the course. Um, it's, uh, the fairway, it's an elevated tee box. The fairway's right below you. Then there's brush and a hazard to the right. And it's a dog straight dog leg, right? The par five straight down the hill. So you can't hit more than a four iron, um, off the tee. Well, I guess the bunkers straight ahead are like 250. So if you really wanted to push it, you could hit hybrid or a forward or something. But, um, I hit a little punch five iron and I put it to sure. the right, right part of the, the fairway and it kind of got a weird kick to the right. And the ball was a little below my feet and the flag was 296 away, dead straight downhill, like dead straight downhill. So I'm thinking maybe I could get there with the three and there's guys on the green and I, you know, you say to yourself, I'm probably not going to get there. So I'm going to go. And right. I, I line up to the ball, ball's a little below my feet. And I think to myself, what am I doing? <laughs> this, I don't need to get this on the green. It's kind of a tucked green. There's bunkers, there's weird undulation. You know what? I'm just going to hit the, a punch six iron. And the craziest thing happened. That six iron rolled 30 yards below the green. <laughs> and I made birdie. Wow. And so I think what you just said, sir, is so important. Can we just make it a little easier on ourselves? I don't see it as playing conservative. I don't see it as playing meek. 
like is that is that a word meek well yeah i mean meek weak whatever you want yeah. to say yeah like i don't see it as that you're just that's what colin morikawa talks about to his coach rick we had on the show he plays shots that he's comfortable with right and when we make that bad swing right when you block an ob or you hit a little left you need to make that next shot a little more stress-free and like you yeah. said it doesn't mean it's you're weak just right. get yourself a deep breath making a sort of swing even if it's not the most aggressive shot or you're gonna have more, more chances and yeah. it will slowly untangle you know in a, in, in a good way right that stress so it's a why it's fun. These episodes are great, you know, and like I wanted to share like that round. I played with this woman who made a hole in one and it was her first hole in one of uh, of, of her career. And uh, she's a pretty good player. She shoots in the 80s, been playing her whole life. And she she teared up. <laughs> and that's what this does to you. Right. I mean, um, she put, made her whole one at her home club that she's a member at. And um, I don't know. It's it's the stuff from this game that we love and all these learnings that we talk about. And moments of you know moments of beauty so yeah the shout out goes out to blake on the 14th hole she makes a hole one and here's the funny thing Adam. i hit it to two feet on that hole <laughs> and it was us two guys we were playing a six six and six six and six and this is the last six it was us two guys going against the two women i had two feet i look at my buddy counter i'm like oh we got this what does she do blake gets up there <laughs> holds it <laughs> and the women are four under after three and we're one under and they <laughs> just wipe the floor but well i, think I just the, it's just it's the beauty of the game man to see somebody make a hole in and, and start getting emotional you know well that's what's so great about this about the game is we can equally it's just like life like you could be bogged down and stressed and worried and fearful and embarrassed um but you never know when one of those moments is going to happen like i topped a drive yesterday too and I drew it up to a fluke and mm. I made par. Wow. You know, and it's funny how after those shots, you tend to have great shots because you're just in recovery mode, you know, and you kind of think you're out of it anyways. And then that helps you kind of unlock, you know, a free swing. But uh, that's, you know, that's something to remember too is like, I don't care how many times, I don't care if you're shanking it the first four holes. Like you might have a hole in one that day. Right. And then what an incredible story that would be around. Right. You're shanking it. You get your first ace. Like right. that's, that would be that's an great, even better great ace, perspective, you know? So like, I think that's a great thing to remember too. Like, I don't care how bad you're playing. I think the the theme from today, sir, is even when we were making mistakes or made a big number, we didn't then let it define our day. I just chalked it up to like a bad hole or a, a I didn't commit or I lost well, focus. Well, yeah. In the and moments like, of the clarity are like when you make those terrible swings. I I thought to myself, I'm sure you did too. I'm like, my God, how much tension was there? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's like, oh, okay, we can do better than this. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. And that's it. And that's what the next swing. Okay, take a deep breath, let it go. Yeah. Right? You never know when <laughs> an incredible moment you're always going to remember will be, and it could be in the trees. For sure. You know, next time that you guys are getting down on yourself. I hope this episode helps. And uh, who knows? You might hit a bagger Vance shot through the trees to two feet. You never know. I mean, it sounds cliche, but I always love the quote. Your next shot could be your best shot. Yeah. And, and it's so true. So yeah. 
So, yeah, this is fun, Ev. I think, uh, you know, you've got a lot of, you've got a big stretch coming up with some tournament, tournament play. So um, it's good to hear uh, all the good stuff you're working on right now and the scores you're shooting. Yeah. The, the cool thing is I, I feel like I played pretty average yesterday. And I think that's a big difference, right? Is before, if I'm not hitting the ball great or I'm having a couple of squirrely misses, you kind of can tell yourself, well, I don't have it today. But now I have trust that I'm going to get into a rhythm at some point. I just got to let some things go and I'll get, I'll, I'll hit some good shots. You know, I'll, I'll get there. And it's just that trust and that patience that, you know, my game's not that different than what it was six months ago. I've made some small tweaks, but they've had huge impacts. And now I'm starting to learn how to score regardless of how I'm playing. And that's exciting. Yeah. Working know? with one swing coach also helps too. That's true. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. I was, I was dipping from multiple pots, but, uh, but yeah, I think the point part, there, sir, it's part of the journey though. I'm not playing you golf know? swing anymore. <laughs> exactly. You know? Yeah, exactly. Um, Good stuff. all right guys. Well, thank you as always for listening. Um, if we've helped you at all, please give us a review on Apple podcasts share with a friend. Yes. Apparently there's a lot of people in Mexico that listen to us every Monday, sir. we got a DM yesterday. Um, shout out to those guys and gals. The train um, is international. Yeah. We're I'm going global. Being, we're connecting cross borders. It's and incredible. we have nine ball markers left. Uh, we had our first oh. round of enjoy the ride ball markers in hopes that every time you look down at that marker, I got to send you yours, sir. Uh, it reminds you to enjoy the ride and reset. And Take so we've got nine left in the store. So if that's something you guys are interested in, go to thepartrain.com. Um, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, at thepartrain. And uh, send us a DM. Tell us how you're doing. Send us a tweet. Love Give tweets. us feedback. We love following your journeys. Um, and as always, I don't care how you're hitting it. I don't care where the ball goes. I don't care how many bad shots you have to start the front nine. What do they got to do, sir? Just enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride, guys. Take care.